It is good to be together at Christmas time. I'm Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to add my welcome to you, and I want to invite our kids uh, to be dismissed to go to kids' worship today. Your leaders are going to be in the back. Uh, thank goodness we're able to have kids' worship for you today. So again, I, I'd encourage you to all prayerfully consider Cindy's invitation to see whether God might invite you to participate in kids' ministry here at the church. I also want to take a moment uh, before we get into the sermon time today to invite uh, two new friends who are uh, joining our spiritual family today. So Will and Norma Tilden, would you come and join me up front? It it is a wonderful time of year to to welcome new people into our spiritual family. And so today we get to welcome uh, Will and Norma, and so we want to invite them to come. If you haven't had a chance to meet uh, Will and Norma yet, I encourage you, uh, after the service is over, take some time to introduce yourselves to them. Uh, And we are spiritual family, and so we want to have a chance to be able to get to know each other and to welcome these new friends into our community. Thanks for being here with us today. Friends in Jesus, we are received into the church by our baptism into our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by our sincere confession of our faith in Him. These friends have discovered our church to be a place of care and of growth for them and a place where they sense the support of others in their desire to be true disciples of Jesus. So through prayer and preparation, they have been led by the Holy Spirit to claim today their relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ and to us as a spiritual family and to partner together as a local expression of the church in this place. They share with us the desire to serve Jesus, offering their time, talent, and treasure and all the gifts granted them by God and by His Spirit as little drummer boys and girls. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 19 to 22 says, You are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And so we thank God uh, for you and for your presence with us. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, he has made you to be a part of the universal church, but he has also led you to unite with this specific congregation. And so I invite you now to affirm your faith in the presence of God and these brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and promise to follow him as Lord? If so, say, I do. Do you intend to live among God's faithful people, to hear God's word and to share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth? If so, say, I do. And do you also promise to support the ministries of this church, including the conference and denomination to which we belong as part of our larger mission field? If so, say, I do. do. To those who are covenant partners here at Faith Covenant Church, do you now receive these believers into your fellowship and care? If so, say, we do. We do. Amen. Sticky pages. Would you pray with me now as we bless these new friends and family members? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for calling your people 
out of death and into the newness of life, for gathering us together as your family. We thank you for these friends who you have made our brothers and sisters through faith in Jesus. Fill us anew with the power of your Holy Spirit and the freedom and energy of your grace that together we may be your people in this congregation, in our community, and throughout the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let us all now receive the blessing of God's word from Romans 15, 5 through 7. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, today is the third Sunday of Advent, as we heard from the lighting of our Advent candle, which is the candle of joy. And we are reminded that the, the season of Advent is a season of waiting, but it's also a season of anticipation, and it's also a season of preparation, where we are invited to once again prepare our hearts for what it means to welcome the, the birth of Christ into our lives again in this season. Our series title is Good News, Great Joy for All People, which comes from the message that the angel of the Lord gave to the shepherds who were keeping watch of their flocks in the middle of the night, as we heard about in song again today. Luke 2, verses 10 and 11 says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This time is a time when we remember the true gifts of Christmas, that what we discover in Jesus is the gift of hope and the gift of peace and the gift of joy and the gift of love. In the cold dark days of winter. We are approaching the uh, shortest day and the longest night of the year. As we anticipate the dawning of a new day and the warmth of the sun shining down on our faces, as we long uh, for the light of Jesus to, to come into our lives and for Jesus to come again, to bring healing and restoration and the promise of God to our lives and to our land, we are reminded that we can find joy even in the midst of our pain and our sorrow. Because Jesus, as we've learned in this series, is the morning star. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, he has signaled that, that night is coming to a close and that the day is dawning and that the sun is rising. Night is coming to an end and the light of life is fast approaching. The third Sunday of Advent in Latin is called I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it's called Gaudet Sunday, which, if you translate it in English, is the word rejoice. I love that. It's Rejoice Sunday today. The traditional reading for this Sunday comes from the letter to the Philippians, where the Apostle Paul says in chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. 
I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise? See, in the short letter to the church in Philippi, Paul uses the words joy and rejoice 14 different times. In this letter, he says that he prays with joy continually because he he knows and is confident that God will complete the work that he began in the church there at Philippi. He says that he rejoices in the Lord despite his own imprisonment and being locked in chains because he knows that, that what has happened to him in God's wisdom will ultimately turn out for his own deliverance. And he also rejoices in the knowledge that as Christians, we can all anticipate the future glory of Christ, that no matter what this world does to us, someday we know we will all be together again in glory. You see, in spite of all of the challenges and the roadblocks that the apostle faced in his own life, and if you know the story of Paul, you know that they were many, his encouragement to those who would follow his example, who would follow his lead, and would listen to his testimony, is that you have the ability to, even today, to choose joy. That that's what it means to rejoice. It means to choose joy. In his letter, Paul's modeling for his friends this rejoicing that he encourages them to do as well. He says that it has nothing to do with the present circumstances of your life. And it has everything to do with who we know God to be. Paul's faith in God's character and his own personal encounters with the presence of God's Spirit give him a completely different perspective on life and the situations in which he finds himself vastly different than we would normally expect. But see, Paul shows us that joy is not only possible, but surprisingly, it's something that we are all capable of in Christ. Even when we're feeling crushed by disappointment, even when we're feeling abandoned by those that we put our trust in, even when we are feeling wounded as a result of no fault of our own, even in the prisons of our own loneliness and our own addictions and our own loss, we can choose joy. Rejoice always, he says. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the truth of God's presence and power with us even now today. Rejoice in the knowledge of God's deep and abiding love for you and me, no matter where you've been or no matter what you've done or no matter how far you've run away from him. He is the loving father that is watching and waiting for you like the prodigal son or daughter to simply turn and repent and come back to him. His door is always open. However, we also see that the achievement of this perspective in life that Paul shares with us doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily for us as human beings. In fact, within the larger biblical story, we see that the discovery of this kind of true joy that God offers is often more equated with what you ladies might be more familiar with than than most of us guys. It's equated with going through the pain of giving birth. 
In fact, Paul goes as far as to say in Romans 8, verses 22 and 23, that we know, he says, that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, those of us who are already believers, those of us who already know God and have experienced His presence, we too groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now, I've said this in a variety of ways and at many times, but the Bible never takes a Pollyanna view of life in this world. And Jesus never promised his disciples that life would be a journey of skipping through fields of flowers without any pain or suffering. Even those who have accepted Jesus, Paul says, and have received the gift of his Holy Spirit will continue to experience the pain and the suffering of life in a broken and a fallen world. You see, the difference is, though, that we now know that God is at work. We know that God is bringing about his plan of redemption because he's demonstrated the ways that he is faithful to fulfill his promises. He is the the God who not only foretells what he will do, but he follows through on what he says. And you can bank on the fact that if he says that he's going to do it, it's going to be done. God is bringing about his plan of redemption not only for you and me, but for the entire world. And so whatever pain and suffering you feel now today, uh, it's, it's like child labor pains, right? We have to go through the suffering. We have to go through the difficulty. And God knows that it's not going to be easy. But he says, if you hang in there, there's joy on the other side. We know that one day uh, all of this pain and suffering will be overshadowed by the ultimate joy of the healing and redemption that is already at work, that we can see the evidence of as we share the stories of how God has changed my life, how God has changed your life, how God is at work even now bringing his kingdom to fruition in this place and in this time. And the the truth is, is we can now even begin to rejoice in that coming kingdom. We can choose joy today. Now in the Christmas story, right, in Luke chapter 2, we read that Jesus was born in Bethlehem during a census which had been ordered by Caesar Augustus. And if you think about it, it was the worst possible time for Joseph and Mary to have to travel. Because Mary's pregnancy had come to full term. Can you imagine the the discomfort of having to walk or or ride a donkey when when she had to travel from Nazareth in Galilee to be counted in Bethlehem, which is just south of Jerusalem, because that's where their families were from, from the line of David. Uh, They predict that the distance from Galilee to Bethlehem is about 80 miles. So for us, that would be like walking from here to the Skagit Valley. That's a long walk, (laughs) especially if you're due, right? And of course, we know that when they arrived, infamously, they found no room to stay in the inn, and so they had to settle in a humble stable, so that when Jesus was born as a baby, he was swaddled, and he had to be placed in an animal feeding trough for a crib. And the Gospel of Matthew tells us, quoting Isaiah 7-4, that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, from the outside looking in, right, it may seem like this was a a mundane, ordinary birth during a a busy and hectic season where people were probably traveling and and going all over the place and trying to find relatives and and be a part of this census. And and in the darkness of this small rural village, in the back alley stable, uh, to people who have had no real reputation or of consequence. But if you know the story, the Bible tells us that when the time for the baby's birth arrived, the inhabitants of heaven itself couldn't keep the joy from spilling over. In the middle of the darkest time of night, heaven's joy spills over onto the earth, onto these bewildered shepherds, people like you and me, going about their normal business, living in the darkness and the pain of life. And certainly these poor shepherds had zero expectation that such an event was going to happen that night. Can you imagine watching over a herd of sheep out in the countryside? Perhaps you're huddled by a warm fire trying to keep warm, right? Worried about predators coming to steal your sheep. And suddenly an angel appears and the glory of the Lord shines around you. And this blinding, startling appearance must have been absolutely terrifying. But again, what does the angel say? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all people. And then the story tells us that in, in verse 13 and 14, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. One author has said, Heaven quite literally lost itself in joyful celebration in that moment. Now for us today, your world may still feel like shades of gray. You may find yourself in a dark and a a difficult place where the sky is overcast and the sun is not shining for you. You may feel detached and even in this holiday season, it might might be even more difficult for you to, to wonder if joy is even possible for you. There's nothing stirring inside your heart. Anything that I'm even saying today just kind of sounds dry and empty. That might be you today. And the reality is, celebrating Christmas, even coming to church on Sunday morning, isn't going to change your life for you. What we learn from Christmas and what we learn throughout the story of the Bible, that the only thing that is going to change your experience is an encounter with God himself. And that's really what the Christmas story is all about. That's why Jesus was called Emmanuel. God with us. You may remember Psalm 16, David praises God and shows us where his joy came from. Do you remember? He says, you make known to me the paths of life in verse 11 of chapter 16. You will fill me with joy when I go to church. You will fill me with joy when the Seahawks win. No, you will fill me with joy in your presence. I will experience eternal pleasures 
when I'm at your right hand, when I am with you, when I find you here with me. You see, David knew that joy came from an encounter of intimacy with the Lord. From spending time in the Lord's presence and and from experiencing that joy that can only come from the grace and the mercy and the love that only God can give. And that's what we learn at Christmas is why Jesus came is to bring us back into relationship with God so that we too could learn to choose joy. You see, the Bible tells us that joy is available constantly and continually. It's in God's presence. And that if we're willing, it's a joy that that can fill us. It's a joy that can be gifted to us. We don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to, uh, you know, gin ourselves up to kind of feel it. It's something that God will give when we humbly submit ourselves to, to spend time in his presence and to understand the gift of his love and his grace that we all need each and every day. And it's a joy that will overflow out of us to the people around us, not because of how good we are, but because of how good God is. Now, the subject of joy is a challenging one when you're in the midst of difficult circumstances, right? But the good news about great joy is that it doesn't depend on your life circumstances, True joy comes from that intimacy of spending time in God's presence that God has now made available through all people because Jesus is alive and he's given us the gift of his spirit. That presence of God is available to us 24-7, every week, every year, no matter where you go. And so maybe you find yourself in a tough season and you're having tough conversations with God about why and when and, and, and how he's going to follow through on his promises to bring healing and restoration and to, to bring his joy. And I think we all find ourselves in seasons like that. And especially right now, it seems like many of us continue to struggle with wondering where God is working and where all this stuff that we're experiencing is heading. But, but I want to suggest this is why Jesus urges his disciples in John 15. You remember he said, remain in my love. Why remain in, in my love? Well, in verse 11, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Wouldn't it, would, how many of you this morning would like to have complete joy? Jesus says it's possible. It's not dependent on your circumstances. It's not dependent on what's happening right now. It's not depending on what anyone else has done to you. Complete joy is available, but it's only available in him. And too often we spend our times looking for satisfaction and happiness and joy in all these other places, all the while we're missing the very thing that God says is his gift to you and me. Now, we may not be facing prison or persecution or chains like the Apostle Paul was, but but we all continue to face trials of many kinds. We find ourselves facing threats from crime and uh, inflation and sickness and even now again, nuclear weapons. And we continue to see the fragmentation and the, the social decay of people's lives and relationships around us and even our own lives and relationships. We're indeed a people, can I say, that are living in the valley of the shadow of death. Yet with Jesus, a curious thing begins to happen. Blind people 
start to see. Lame people start to walk. Dead people climb out of the grave. The kingdom of God, which Jesus proclaimed and demonstrated in spirit and in power, is now at hand. And even though it is not yet fully realized, it is something that we are invited to say yes to and to enter into and to experience today. We're told in Revelation 21 and 22 that the new Jerusalem will one day, in very poetic language, come down from heaven like a bride adorned to be married. And if you know the ark of the story in the Bible, not the, not the, the ark that carried the animals, but the ark of the story, right? You know that, that back in the Old Testament, heaven and earth only touched in one small place in the holy of holies in the temple. And then when Jesus died and rose again, the veil of the Holy of Holies was torn open and that presence of heaven touching earth became available to every human heart that accepted the spirit of Christ to come in. And so now heaven touches earth in you and in me and in all the people who gather to be Christ's body on the earth. But on the day when Jesus returns and heaven comes down as a bride, like a city, uh, 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 the, the new temple, the whole world will experience the healing and the joy of God's grace and love, and, and all will be flooded with the light of God's presence. And we will be filled with joy because God's presence will be everywhere. Do you remember this story from John's Revelation, chapter 21, verses 3 through 5? He says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Brothers and sisters, the the battle began the day that God promised to overcome evil with good. The battle was won the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And the battle will finally end when Jesus comes again. Therefore, we can rejoice now, no matter what we're experiencing. We can choose joy. Uh, Before Jesus went to the cross, right, knowing his death would cause pain and suffering for him, him, not only himself, but for his disciples as well, he pulled them inside and said this in, in John 16, verse 16, he says, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. What we discover in Jesus And what we are reminded of in the story of Christmas is that joy is not the fruit of our circumstances in life. Joy is the fruit of God's Spirit at work within us where heaven has come to touch earth in you and in me. 
through the presence and the power of the risen Christ who, who comes and comforts us in all of our sorrows, who shares our pain, who heals our wounds, who sheds the tears that we cry, and who promises us that even though we struggle through pain and suffering, he will never leave us and he will never forsake us, and that while mourning may last for the night, as we learn in Psalm 35, we can be sure that joy comes in the morning. What new thing might Jesus be wanting to birth in you this Christmas? What joy does Jesus have for you today that maybe you didn't expect, that even in the midst of whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're going through, God may have a gift for you of a special kind of joy that, like the shepherds, you didn't even realize was going to emerge in the darkness of night. This Christmas, as you unwrap God's gift of joy for you, may the joy of your salvation give you strength. May the joy-filled present of God's love for you in Jesus restore and renew your faith in Him and buoy your spirit within you. May the assurance of God's reign and God's rule over all the earth, both now and forevermore, give you confidence and endurance in your own journey of faith. And may our praising and rejoicing together as God's people open prison doors and set captives free as we join with the choirs of angels singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus and at Christmas time we need the reminder that even in the midst of the darkness and the pain of our lives, we can choose joy. Give us the courage and the strength to recognize our need for intimacy with you, God, as that place that is the only thing that will feed the deep need that we have in each of our souls. And God, as we humble ourselves to to recognize our dependence on you and we intentionally come to spend time in your presence, would you give us the gift of your joy? That deep-seated joy that we know can come from no other place than the mercy and the grace and the love of the God of the universe who became a baby so that we could have a relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.